You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, joined once again by Corey, the Bayou Benders, and this is Habs Nightly, your pub for Habs content. back again uh schedule's a little hectic right now Corey was just off in uh texas my exams have just started but fortunately we do have a lot to talk about today but before we get into all of that Corey, how are you doing buddy uh freshly back from dallas texas where i uh had a wonderful time and spent too much money at the bucky's which is life um, if you ever get the chance to experience a Bucky's, go to it. It is oh, a life changing. You a Bucky's. What what is that? A Bucky's is <sighs> Bucky's is life. Um, Bucky's is a gas station chain that is oh, the size Bucky's. the I size of a Walmart, this. and it is on. <laughs> it's fucking unreal. It's so it's 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 it might be the only oh, thing that could save the South. I actually have heard about this on a on a podcast, actually. Um, it's like the one with I think it was Ryan Whitney talking about the Buckies. Like it, you can go and like like it's huge, right? It's like a mega mall. Uh I'd say it's 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 fucking it's just massive, dude. There's like a hundred plus gas stations. Um, you go inside. Um, there's shit everywhere. You can buy uh, fishing stuff. You can buy hunting stuff. You can buy grilling stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like the store itself is like the size of a strip mall, right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, it's just crazy. And I went there on a Saturday when it was like peak busy, and I. I don't think I could ever work at a Bucky's. God bless everyone who can work at a Bucky's. Um, fuck that. That was unreal. I'm talking like getting stuck in a gas station for two hours. Like really? unreal, dude. But I swear the food is fire. They have like 40 different types of beef jerky. You can buy the packs or you can go straight to like the deli. And buy the beef jerky by the pound, or you can sample all of it like I did, like a fucking child. Um, there's like fresh food. They make brisket sandwiches and shit everywhere. There's a lot of um, like uh, Tex-Mex shit there too. There's like fucking burritos and tacos, like freshly made. Um, there's a a fudgery where they're making fucking fudge and fucking candies and shit uh they're known for their shit called the uh the beaver nuggets and i spent like fucking 40 dollars on beaver nuggets which is basically like like think of like a cheese puff 
that instead of it, they're, they're savory flavors, but like a cheese puff that's just doused in, I'm guessing, honey and cinnamon. So it's like crispy, but it's fluffy and it's sweet. And then that they have the savory ones that taste like basically cheese puffs. Unfucking real, dude. Unreal. You buy a bag. The bag's like eight, eight bucks. But it's like, I don't know. It's like the size of a fucking family bag of uh, chips at the store, like without the air. So like full bag. Okay. Uh, I bought t-shirts because uh, the logo is sick as fuck. You should look it up. I'm sure people have seen it. It's like a sick ass little beaver with his little teeth wearing like a five panel, like a hipster hat with the like the bill turned really hard up. Bro, iconic logo, iconic logo, food stellar. The place is immaculately clean. Um, there's like, I don't know if you know what a icy is. I think they're called slushies. I think we talked about that before. There's like yeah, we did. 25 different flavors. Uh and, I don't know. It's it's just so what you're saying is that this place is like hillbilly haven. Oh my god, dude! You can like half the store is just Bucky's merch. The other half of the like you know uh, shopping area is like yeah, like hillbilly, like chic, uh, country chic design, like signs that are like live, laugh, love Bucky's. You know what I'm saying? Like shit like that. Like uh, uh, everybody takes their sh- their boots off except for George Strait and the president or some stupid shit like that. You know, like it's fucking wild. Like um, great place. It's just it's hard to describe. I think I did a pretty good job at it, but you'll never you'll never do it justice. Unreal. Okay. I will. I honestly will map out every. Every trip that goes through Texas, I will map it out to hit a Bucky's. See, I've heard every time I've heard someone talk about this place, I've heard that like the exact same thing. Like you need to stop in to just witness this place. Dude, no, absolutely. It is a gong show. Dude, when I tell you, dude, there's like an, an island, right? A kiosk. And, and I guess you could say there's an island in the middle of the fucking store with like 10 workers in it. And they're all pumping out brisket sandwiches, burritos, like all this food shit. And I swear to God, they're filling it up like at, like at McDonald's where it's like, you know, there's the hot rack and it's just full because you know it's going to get crazy. And it's like, it doesn't matter how fast they fucking do it. it, it shit's just getting grabbed. Like it's not one, like fucking multiple at a time. People are just grabbing like two, three things at a time. And these people are just brisket sandwich brisket sandwich brisket sandwich like fucking like an assembly line going on meanwhile the other side of it's like the fudgery and this bitch is like fucking whipping up fudge throwing it into squares like giving out samples unreal like they don't have they don't have to outsource anything they have a bucky's product for every type of snack food <laughs> like dude you don't they don't sell they don't sell doritos you know what i'm saying they got bucky's fucking uh, Bucky chips, you know, they got, fucking, <laughs> you don't need you. you like Funyuns. Fuck. No, they got Bucky O's. You know what I'm saying? They got Bucky cereal. They got fucking uh, flavored drinks, fucking 
Uh, you can dude. instead of instead of like premium gas, they got Bucky's gas, dude. I, I'm dude. Prices fantastic. Like Bucky's is what's making the South run. Definitely Texas. Texas is clean. It. I haven't even got on the trip yet. We're still on Bucky's, but Dallas and honestly all of Texas. If there's a Bucky's in that area, it is the cleanest fucking place on earth. And I don't mean just the Bucky's. Like I mean like the actual county or country or you know town it's in because it it brings in so much fucking revenue there's no such thing as fucked up streets there's no fucked up plumbing there's no trash anywhere like it's unreal if you have a bucky's like you'll never you'll never go without they're just bringing in so much like (laughs) if they close the bucky's the entire town is fucked like everyone lost their jobs basically this (laughs) place is massive like the entire town would go out of business all right. I mean, fair enough. Well, like, it's let's a gas station with a fucking a deli. Yeah, yeah. Let, let's move on. I'll talk, dude. We can have a whole Bucky's count episode. We may have to. I'll have to check it out. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Corey went down uh, to Texas. I, I took uh, a left. I didn't go. I, I think I, I went up. <laughs> you went up. <laughs> I went up. Up to the Is left. Dallas, well, sorry. You anything everything's yeah. down in the U.S. I me. understand. Um, went to, uh, more specifically Dallas, correct? I went to Dallas and you got a very monumental, um, event for you. You got to experience your first NHL game live in building. I'm going to let you take it away. I just want like, how was that feeling, buddy? goosebumps uh we pulled into the parking garage and this happened my second day so like we came in a day early uh went and ate some fire food and we'll get to that in a second but um you know i paid for i paid for parking like right next to the fucking arena excuse me i had a fucking mustache hair in my mouth um i figured buy the you know buy the parking early get as close as i can uh goosebumps uh, we get out i got my fits my fits dirty you know what i'm saying mason saw it i got my i got my uh my joe pavelski jersey on uh i got a pocket full of money ready to go buy some shit at the hangar which is their store um just just nervous and i turned the corner and i saw the American Airlines Center, which is such a great view, like it's in it's such a pristine location. You got to walk upstairs, and as you're walking up the stairs, uh, it's just right in front of you. And I'm sure this is just news, you know, bullshit to everyone else. But I started to fucking tear up, and it's not even my fucking team. Just the fact that I don't know, just being a kid and never really having an opportunity uh, to this, you know, to this level. To, to play in the most the biggest league in, in the world or or be a fan of it you know uh got a little teary-eyed uh it was fantastic went in a store pumped out like 40 dollars worth of shit which was uh like a hat and a fucking hockey puck you know uh it's cool got a nice hat got a sick puck that had the date on it um it wasn't the puck i would normally buy i probably would have just got a regular you know, like Dallas puck, but um, I figure get the one with the date on it. It's your first, it's your first game ever. Go out, 
with style. So I did that. It was actually a cheaper block. <laughs> Trying to save a little money. Uh, came out the hangar. It's pretty cool. I'm sure a lot of other places are like this, but there's like a massive fucking bar that's connected to the outside of the arena. And it's like, I guess for people that uh, didn't buy tickets or just early, you know, tailgating, uh, get inside and it is fucking immaculate. This place is immaculate. Um, I think that the Smoothie King Center, where I work, uh, was built after um, was built after the American Airlines Center. And if that's the case, uh, we fucking suck. Uh, opened in 1999 for the Smoothie King Center. Um, this it was it, it looked like it was a brand new place. And well, OK, so it's like two years after. So, oh, one, the American Airlines Center opened. Two years after, this place looks like it was brand new the moment I walked in. So the cleanest fucking place establishment I've been in for sports. And sorry, who were uh, the stars playing? Uh, the Minnesota Wild with brand new acquisition Ryan Reeves and a Mark andre Fleury cleared of IR. Yeah, so a, uh, a team. A game of games. A team that's doing well, very well this year. Yeah, um, and I actually I, I bought these tickets, Mason, because they played the day before, and I was like, you know what? This is going to be a great game for Dallas. They're going to probably pump them because they just played less than 24 hours ago. And they well, went, it was definitely definitely a great game. Dude, uh, unreal. I couldn't have asked for a better a better introduction, you know, a better first game memory. Um, well, yeah. Why don't you hop into like the game? Yeah. Like, the game so, itself. like, what a crazy first NHL game! It was like six five, right? It was five. It was five one. Uh, and then yeah, it ended six five. Uh, yeah, with in like the, in the shootout, a four goal comeback for Dallas. Yeah. So me and my wife are sitting uh, on the third, the third level, like up against like the glass. Uh, great fucking seats, right? right at center ice um my wife's like this is sick you know like she's she's excited she's excited for me i'm like a fuck kid in the candy store uh and then they just start fuck getting their shit kicked and jack's jack's like uh you sure this team's good <laughs> i was like i was like you don't i was like <laughs> look they're this is one of the best fucking offensive teams right now i i'm really actually you know, quite impressed that Minnesota's doing this, but I mean, it is a division game. So, how are you feeling though? Were you like, like going into the third? You must have been kind of like, oh fuck, like a little, you know, a little disappointed. I, I, I'm not even gonna say I was. Like, you obviously you want your first game to be success, right? You want you want to go out with like a bang. You want the game to be like a drumming, like fucking seven nothing. Um, but I think I was just just more grateful than anything to finally be at a game that, you know, if they scored cool, you know, if I, I didn't think they were coming back, I was like, okay, well, let's just see if we can, we can get another two goals on the board. You know, let's see. I want to see Joe Favelski. Uh, well, I guess it would, have been different. it would have been different if it was the Habs too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like, no, you're, you're absolutely right. If it's, <laughs> 
if it's my team, it's different. You know, I want to see them succeed. And if they're not like, if I went all the way to Montreal and the Habs get fucking blown out, that's depressing. You know, like you, you're like, you know what? I'm here. And that's really what matters. But fuck dude. Like I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be chanting. I wanted to be screaming. And I, I kind of felt that felt that, but at the same time, it's like, it's not my team. It's not like, it's one of the teams I follow, but it's not the team, you know? So it, I think it was a little bit more relaxed in that regard. I was fucking drunk, um, having a good time nonetheless. Then they start fucking scoring. I told my wife, I was like, look, I was like, if anybody can dig themselves out of a lead like this or a deficit like this, I think Dallas can do it. Fucking one goal, two goal, three goal, four fucking goals, dude. I'm fucking screaming. My wife's like, this is fucking awesome. She's seen a hat trick. There was, it was a pitiful fight, but you know what? It was a guy standing up for, for one of his, one of his, you know, fellow teammates who just got crunched along the fucking boards. So like, this is the perfect game for my wife. You know, she saw some fighting. She got to see a hat trick. She got to see like a come from behind to tie it up. And then um, we go to overtime. I'm like, Jacqueline, we're going to fucking overtime. Like it's extended. So now. Now it's not just, okay, we got 15 minutes left of the game. No, now we got a whole nother, you know, set of periods that I had to explain to her about, which she seemed really excited. I was excited just to be sitting in a building that's going to OT. The OT was kind of bonkers, um, but Dallas really didn't get a lot of chances. And then it goes to the fucking shootout. I'm like, this is still fucking cool. Because Dallas has some of the best fucking scorers right now. So, yeah, sure enough, I think it was like the first three guys fucking scored, but the same thing for Minnesota. Um, and then on the fourth guy, uh, I think it was actually uh, Rupe missed his, or it was Heis- uh, Heiskanen. Um, God, please don't tell me I fucked his name up again. Anyway, uh, ends in a loss, but I swear to God, that was a fucking win. That was a fucking win. I couldn't have asked for a better fucking game. To go five five one, and you're just like, you know what? I'm still having a great time. Uh, I literally just have to walk. Like our seats were right next to the beer fucking thing, so I didn't have now, to do what, fuck what all. You guys, third floor. Soon as you come up the ramp, up against the glass. Okay, okay, that's sick. No, those so, are like those are good. Like that is the prime seat. Like that, that is, is the, the fucking prime, prime seat. seating. If you're dude, not on the glass, that's prime, dude. That was unreal. And I literally get up, you know, fucking, I don't know, 12 steps. And I'm just credit card, two more, two more beers back (laughs) to my seats. Um, I didn't know this because basketball is not like this. uh, But because of the puck and play rule, you can't move unless there's a whistle. So I was like, I learned something fucking new. What? So there's. I, I don't know if this is everywhere, but puck and play rule for the arena is that if the puck is in play, you can't, you can leave your seat and go out into, you know, like the concessions area. Uh, but you can't come back in until the whistle's blown and the puck's not in play. What? And this, I know, but honestly, it makes sense. And fuck it. It's a great, it's a great thing. It's, I have, it's, Corey, honestly, listen, I have never heard of that in my life. Okay, but tell me this isn't legit. Tell me this isn't legit. It's to ensure that you don't miss a second of the game and there's no one 
that's like, oh, I got to get out of my seat because this dude in the middle of the fucking row is deciding he wants popcorn or his kids bitching or he's got to go to the bathroom. He can do that, but he can't come back in to interrupt you again. Until eh, the pucks. I don't know. Look, dude, I think it's he's sick. Kinda... I think it's sick. I think it's sick because they you can come up into the the well, you know, like the the little stairwell, and you can watch until the puck goes out of play. Now that does suck if you know there's no fucking whistle, but that's that's your risk. That's your risk. Yeah, I don't know. I saw like six games last year alone like just in ottawa and i've never never in my life heard about that rule but it's interesting that i guess I, dallas look, was, I, maybe maybe it's it. just us maybe it's just us shit i think it's i i enjoyed it because it meant that no one was gonna you can bother me to get out your seat but you can't bother me again while the play is going on so it doesn't it doesn't fuck you out of your sight you know, you're not taking your eyes off the puck or or the game. You know, no, I, I definitely see the. Line I think that's super fucking cool. No, absolutely. I I but get like I by get, God, like, if you get fucked over and you're stuck waiting. <laughs> I definitely get the logic behind it. I just have never. I think experienced that before. I think that should be more of a lower level issue. Because that's like the only like if if it's if it's for safety reasons like the puck coming up over the glass I think that should only if if that's what they're leaning this on I think that should only be for the first level like the mm. one hundred level because those are the, truly the only people that are fucking in danger like there yeah I've seen the puck get up there but like it ain't coming to fucking the three hundred and if it is fucking uh, <laughs> look out like things screaming. Um, no, absolutely. Dude, unreal, um, though. I came out. Everyone for a loss, dude. Everyone's still fucking happy. I, the Dallas has just been doing so fucking good, and it was like a come from behind win. I mean, loss. You know, you still get a fucking point. I don't know if they're like this all the time, but th- this fan base seems fun. They're just fucking loving it. Well, I'd be pretty fucking happy if I had that top line too. Yeah. <laughs> dude, dude, the whole night. And, like, and you know why I fantasy, I am because I points. am happy because I've got Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson. Oh, you my- dirty dog. Dude, that night I and had like Jamie three ben, assists. Actually. I got Jamie really? Ben there. Oh, so oh, you're yeah. just you're just hammering Dallas. Oh, yeah. I had Marshmint and then uh-huh. uh dropped him, picked up Ben. Dude, I oh, don't yeah. look, I love uh, Robinson. I was so fucking drunk though that I was calling him by the wrong name. I was calling him uh what's his name from fucking Toronto because we shit on him enough. Well we at least at least we did. Uh Nick Robinson <laughs> I was like, come on, Nicky. And my wife's like, his name's Jason Blake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh that's funny. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I was eyeing up, I was eyeing up the fucking the the thirds jersey the the chernobyl ones oh they look so good in person dude you're talking about that like highlighter the black dude it is so fire in person and it's because of one of the biggest skyscrapers in town when it lights up at night it like fucking turns everything like all the it silhouettes the rest of the city 
or the skyline in neon green. I think that's sick as fuck. Um, yeah, so I almost bought that. Also, they wore it was uh, a game that they they had the new reverse retros, so that was really cool. So I got to see them in the the new old look. Okay, fair enough. Well, um, once again, like I'm really happy you got to experience that, buddy. Like, you know, kind of a momentous uh, occasion for you in your life, getting that first NHL game. Like I won't to this day, I won't ever forget mine. And it was the most dull hockey game I've ever watched. <laughs> you know, dude, I'm, it was like go 2018. Um, who was it? Yeah, it was Ottawa versus St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And it was Ottawa was like second last in the league. And it was the year St. Louis won the cup. But before they were like, it was when they were still dead last in the league. No shit. So you saw and it was the January. Yeah. So like, break. like okay. I remember sitting there thinking these are like the two worst teams in the league. It was the most boring <laughs> hockey game. And little did I know in like four months, like if you told me that team was going to be lifting the cup, I would have told you you were fucking crazy. That's awesome. But, you know, lo and behold, here we are. And yeah, but I will never forget that first experience. It was awesome. You know what, dude? And if I if I'm honest with you, every first game I've gone to uh has been a loss. Um like Nash like national teams. Like first game I saw the Saints um was with a couple of guys I used to hang out with before work. It was the it was the 49ers year, the year that Colin Kaepernick came in and was fucking unreal. And, and he was just like running the option and nobody could fucking stop him. And then the fucking Ravens beat him. So that was awesome. Uh, I saw him beat the shit out of the Saints. My first two games for LSU was like a UCF game where UCF fucking skull dragged LSU all over. And we had great, <laughs> fu- we had great seats, dude. Like right, right off the back of, um, of like the the tigers bench and shit dude um who was the qb at that time oh uh let me see if he is the qb but i know this one player was it like joe shiesty oh no 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 no, dude no i've seen joe shiesty um i actually because i work for the superdome i saw him play uh jesus he's 47 years old now um i saw him play at the at what you call it? Um, Did you just say Joe Na- Shiesty is forty seven years old? No, no, no. The guy I'm looking at. Um, oh, yeah. Josh Booty was the fucking quarterback. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, not a good year. I, I any like I remember too. You still got to get your first Habs game. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, know, my first Habs game was incredible. Brandon Prost, Prost on the ice. But um, anyway, we I'm glad you got to experience that. And uh, w- thankfully, we do have a lot of Habs news to talk about. But before we get to that, I think we first have a word from our uh, friends at DraftKings. Yes, we do. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. 
If that wasn't enough excitement for you, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Just combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. Y'all remember to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, Mason. Yeah, what's up? I don't know. I was just bringing this back to the episode. Yeah. Oh, I was uh, like, is there is there a question here? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I I wanted to put money on the game. Um, it's not that I'm saying good thing I didn't. Uh, I, I was just so excited to be there. I just completely forgot to, to hammer the fucking home team. I mean, good thing you didn't. Yeah. But they might have anyway, covered. They might have covered if they <laughs> if I would have played the, the puck line. They would have pushed them over the edge, eh? <laughs> um, anyway, yes, the Habs played what three games since our last uh last time we talked, Mason, we have seen the Calgary game, the Oilers game, the Vancouver game, and the Seattle game. Those are what we haven't seen since we last spoke. That yeah, that is what's that is what's happened since. Okay, so yes, um, <laughs> a lot of shit has it's been a while. We've been gone. Um, yeah, like life gets in the way, especially uh, being in school. But that doesn't mean the hockey stopped, and thank God for that. Nick Suzuki continues to lead the fucking way for the Habs. 29 points in 26 games. Cole Caulfield, too, now has 15 goals, becoming uh, eighth in league scoring and becoming one of the youngest players in Habs history uh, to reach um, fuck, was was the 40 goals. Was it the 40 goals? I think it was 40 goals. Mm-hmm. And he's like or, fifth. I I can't remember. I think it was yeah, whatever, whatever stat it was. It's the it's fastest incredible. to forty within like a, I think it was like a hundred games or some shit like that. Something um, crazy like that. But yeah, but, he's fourth or fifth overall amongst tabs to do it. Well, the fastest to do it. Fourth, I believe. Uh, on there with like Marty's Richard and mm-hmm. guys like that, just crazy. I'm going to kind of just want to talk about the Vancouver and Seattle games just because they're most recent. That's fine. Uh, only thing I want to cover is just uh, Monaghan's return to Calgary. The Yuroslav Slavkovsky goal was fucking awesome. Because uh, you got uh, Markstrom comes out the net to try to stop the puck. And um, it does, but it's like I think Slavkovsky got the rebound. And Markstrom's like fucking way far away from it. He's got two defenders uh, in the crease and he just shuffles it past them. And if I'm not mistaken, after, after that game, they put the a on Monahan, but we can move forward. Well, I do, since we're on the subject, let's talk about Monahan. Uh, Monahan did play that game. He came in with a walking boot and played an incredible performance. <laughs> we knew how much that game meant to him. I have no problem with that. The next game, he also played well. Monahan has been putting up numbers lately, and he's been critical to the success of the team. 
And I think that really showed in the game against Vancouver. Um, he exited, oops, sorry. He exited that game after the Habs were up for nothing mm-hmm. and things immediately fell apart after he, he scored in that game. Uh, and then ended up leaving sometime after the sometime in the second, I believe. And everything you saw what happened, everything fell apart because, you know, after the first line, the Habs don't have a lot of depth up center right now. I really like his connection with uh, Slavkovsky. He was doing great things. But in saying that, I don't th- like I'm kind of pissed he was even in the fucking lineup to begin with, to be perfectly honest. Um, yes, Sean Monaghan, as clearly evidenced by the breakdown in the Habs play after he left, has been critical to the success of this team. But he's going to continue to be critical when we trade him and hopefully acquire <laughs> a lot of assets for him. And we can't do that if he's hurt. There's no need for this team to be playing guys when they don't need to play, when they are injured. We need to always take the careful option. We need to be careful with our assets because, yes, Sean Monaghan is a human being. So him playing against Calgary is important. I love that he played against Calgary. We know how important that game was to him. But and I'm gonna he is an asset, and you need to protect your assets. And what Montreal is doing, it's that's just not good asset, good asset management. You've allowed him to injure himself, and we'll see how long it is before he gets back. Because what could have been a couple days, a couple games could now easily turn into weeks or months. And like I said, and I was alluding to, he's played really well with Slaff, and Slaff has played really well with him. So not only are you hurting the trade value of Monaghan, but you're impacting Slavkovsky's development, who, Corey, you may disagree. I think he's playing his best hockey right now, and I think a large part of that is because of Monaghan's play and his calming presence down the middle. Mm-hmm. No, I, I can agree with that. Uh, it's nice to finally have Slaff with some uh, competence. No, absolutely. And I don't know. It just bothers me. Um, You shouldn't be seeing that, that mindset when you, there's no need to take those risks. Okay. So I was going to get to this later in this, um, but why not? Um, So I can clearly feel that you're on the Sean, the the Sean Monaghan trade uh, wagon. Absolutely. Um, now, I think he's a great asset to this this team. I could see him being here a little bit longer. If he's not, it's a shame, but we'll get something great out of it. Uh, trust the system. But if some of the other cogs that we had brought in were successfully making a name for themselves and bringing up their value, would you have kept would Sean Monahan still be like one of the people you want to see moved? If sorry, can you uh, read? Yeah, I, 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 Jesus, that was terrible. Um, let's say like Anderson was producing and um, Dvorak was producing and what's his name? Uh, Dadanov was producing and Hoffman was producing. Like all of these guys that are supposed to be like our main trade bait, if they were producing. Would you have Sean Monahan leaving with how good he's been with this team? Yeah, if they were all producing, I would trade every single one of them, not named Christian Dvorak. Okay. 
and I would consider offers on Christian Dvorak too. The only okay. reason I can give Dvorak um, leeway is because he did play well last year. Uh, he's younger than Monaghan, and I you need a second line center. You need someone for Slash mm-hmm. to play with. Right. You need that guy. And we thought Kirby Doc was going to be that guy. Like you can't totally strip the roster of talent because you need people. Mm-hmm. You need places for your young guys to play. But as of right now, even when, if they are producing, Mike Hoffman, Josh Anderson don't contribute anything to the team. They don't contribute long-term meaningfully. Josh Anderson is a player I have loved for years, but I will, I can admit when I'm wrong about players and I was, I was wrong about Josh Anderson. The people that said this contract was going to bite us in the ass and it was going to hurt us and he was going to regress are hundred percent right. Josh Anderson is not a good hockey player anymore. Like what has he really done the last two years to, I don't know what he's done to make anyone think that he is part of the long-term solution in Montreal. I think he's a great character guy. I think he loves playing for the team. I like Josh Anderson as a person and I like what he can bring as a player. And even last year he scored 19 goals. Like I thought he was most of them were multi-point nights. Yeah. I think he had his benefits last year. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But this season's been a disaster. And yes, he's probably going to score 20 goals or 19 goals, but he has two assists and he can't feel like he just, he can't pass. It's ridiculous. And that contract scares me. It really does. Um, Just based on the regression that we've seen, like how, how many times this year have you seen Josh Anderson actually utilize his speed and make a play where he you know cuts in towards the net and snipes like we saw those first two seasons you haven't seen it so i if i'm kent hughes honestly Corey, i'm shipping josh anderson out of there as fast as i fucking can to anyone that anyone that'll take him and i'm not saying give him up for nothing because yeah he's a unicorn you can get stuff for him he's a rare breed of speed and size but you've got players, I think, who could already utilize the ice that time role. better. Yeah. And they're in the AHL, and one of them's name is Jesse Lonen. So I'm getting him out of there as fast as possible. And same with Mike Hoffman. I understand Mike Hoffman's been hurt. And look, I hate, I've been a big hater of Mike Hoffman for a long time. He's got eight points in 16 games, five goals. Okay. Hoffman's going to produce some points, but this team sucks on the power play. So therefore Mike Hoffman doesn't do much. And Mike Hoffman hasn't done anything to elevate that power play either. His biggest asset is a one-timer and he takes up a spot on the, on the wing, right? Yeah. It's another, and I'll emphasize this again. We have a player in Jesse alone who has a great one-timer and is a good power play player. And he's hopefully going to be part of this future. So alone and alone, in my opinion, makes both of those guys replaceable already because you have your wingers established Mm -hmm. because you didn't even mention Brendan Gallagher, who I think already is kind of a roadblock. But when you add, when you consider you have Drua, Anderson, Hoffman, Galley, 
that's four wingers who demand, you know, top six to a third line ice time. Mm-hmm. Well, your top six winger roles are already established. Um, so that's, you know, you have four spots left or two spots left in the top six, three, two, four in the middle. Uh, Slavkovsky has earned his top two ice time. I think he clearly deserves it. So now you have one and you have four players. Mm-hmm. So if I can get rid of any of those older guys, I do. And then to get back to your point, when you talk about Monaghan, yes, Monaghan contributes. And yes, I think he does a lot of stuff for this team. But I also think that's a reason why you trade him. Because we saw what happened against Vancouver when he left. We lost. It was embarrassing. We don't want that to happen in the future, right? And in the future, Sean Monaghan is a great player to have. But Sean Monaghan is an unrestricted free agent. He's 28 years old. He is a former elite player who's healthy and now is putting up points. Like, let me quickly, quickly do some math here. One second. While you're mathing. Um, he's putting, yeah, he's on pace to have 60 points this year. He's not going to accept a fucking four-year, $4 million contract, right? He's going to get paid. He's going to sign an eight-year deal somewhere. And I don't think that timeline really fits with the Habs. So, yeah, I think you absolutely get everything you can from Sean Monaghan while he's here, and you deal him the second someone offers something adequate. That's fair. Um, My whole thing was if we learned anything from, like, Josh Anderson, and it's not just Josh Anderson, but, like, him being, like, the most current, issue or like david savard or something like that um would be like a hopefully you know a short a short deal which is like you're saying though he's not he's 28 years old he's looking to get a a big deal maybe you know obviously money wise but like lengthwise to to where his his career continues you know deep into his 30s and Um, i think i don't think we can offer that I think Josh Anderson, too, is the perfect case study for why we should trade Sean Monahan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's a – I'm glad you brought it up because that's definitely, like, we don't need that to happen. And Sean Monahan's great, but it definitely has, just like Anderson, has health issues where it's – Because just just early as last year, apparently it was a first-round pick being offered for Anderson. Mm -hmm. And if you told me that someone was – like, if you're a fan of any team – in the league right now and you trade a first round pick for josh anderson you're going why (laughs) what the fuck yeah like so already his trade value is down we've missed out on that no you just like you gotta take whatever this after this season there are five more years on this (laughs) fucking deal Mm -hmm. sorry six or four my bad sorry bad math there there are four more years on this deal after this one. You're telling me at 30 fucking five years old, Josh Anderson is going to be worth five and a half million dollars when he already isn't. isn't. Like, Send him to Philly with torts. It scares me. It scares <laughs> me because 2024, 25, 2025, 26, 20, 
2026-27, those are years you want to compete. Suzuki is going to be like 26-27. Caulfield's going to be 25-26. Gooley's going to be 24. You're going to have guys coming in on entry-level contracts. And you're going to have this mammoth $5.5 million. Like, you need to get rid of Josh Anderson. And you need to do it now before you have to, like, really dump something to get rid of him. That's fair. Well, look, to get to get off of the the heaviness, right? Uh, we'll move forward one game into the uh <laughs> the Oilers game. Nick Suzuki's got a sick power play goal. Uh Dadanov finds his second, but the important one, Arbor Jacki with an absolute, I wouldn't even call it a snipe. Wasn't even that wasn't even that uh quick. It wasn't a one-timer, but it just shows how good he is. He picks his shot, and it's a dirty fucking goal on the power play nonetheless. Would that – does that put – is he still in – oh, Jesus. Is he still in the lead uh, for goals for uh, rookie defenseman? Sorry, I just realized, like, I was muted. Hello. Um, <laughs> sorry, where where do we – I was, like, talking over you, and I realized – where, sorry, what's – Let's just reiterate that because you're good. You're good. You're good. Jesus. Okay. So here we are. We're trying to get out of the doldrum top topic. Um, it's an, it's, it's a, it's a need talked about topic, but let's get to a little fun. Uh, so we moved uh, just to the, uh, the Oilers game for the Arbor Jack eye goal, the power play goal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So are you you're asking if Arbor Jack is still going to be in the lead for rookie rookie defense? Stuff, I asked right? I asked if he was if he still was uh, with that making it his fourth, um, but I just wanted to to you know make a point of uh, how how pretty that shot was like how like it showed so much offensively. How do I say it? It's just there's just his offensive talent, his mind for the game. Um, he hesitates for a second, sees that he can try something and has the willpower to attempt it. And it, it goes in. It's a beautiful goal. Um, I was saying it wasn't like a, a you know, it wasn't a, a snipe or anything like that, but I, it, it's got to be close to one. I mean, you know, normally it's, it's a lot more flashy. It's more of like a one timer, but this guy, you know, handles the puck for a second. It comes back to him and then he sees an opening and just takes what looks like just an average shot and it just, it fucking finds the back of the net. Yeah, no, I think Jack guy doesn't get enough credit for how conscious he is. And when he takes his shots, he's tied for eighth and not just rookie scoring. Like he's, he is leading rookie D in scoring and mm-hmm. goal scoring. Yes. But he's also tied for eighth in goal scoring. Wow. Wyatt Johnson's third with seventh and Jack I is fourth. Now is Jack I going to maintain that rate? Let's be honest here. Probably not. No, but I think it's showing like just how like he's, he's not just your beat him up guy. Like, no, I think he's a very skilled defenseman. I think Jack, I continues to prove a lot of people wrong. And I think he's going to continue to prove Habs fans wrong in particular. A lot of, I think a lot of the house community is 
Um, we're gonna we're gonna see this this group fall in love with them. There's gonna be some people that are outliers, but if you're not already on the fucking Jack Eye bandwagon, he's making his case so much harder for you Jack to, Guy, to bitch about. This could ruffle feathers, but it's a comparison that I'm willing to kind of make. But like, let me explain it, okay? Okay. Sounds like it's going to be fucking controversial. <clears throat> and this isn't what I think will happen. It's just kind of what I could see happening. I think it's very likely that you could see Arbor Jacki turn into a emphasis, not same skill level. I'm talking stylistically to a player like a Victor Hedman. <laughs> and I don't mean I don't mean like talent wise. Like Arbor Jack guy is not gonna score six. He's not gonna be the best defenseman. He's not in gonna the win a Norris. Okay. Yeah. But like when you look at the parallels, I think Jack guy is a very smooth skater. And not only for a guy his size, I think he's a good skater. He's what how tall is he? Six foot four. He's 240 pounds already. Hedman is one of yeah. the only players heavier than him in the NHL. And Hedman's 6'7". Mm-hmm. Hedman, I think, may be the heaviest player in the NHL right now. But he's smooth skating and physical and has hands. There aren't a lot of guys like that anymore. Or even like a... I'm trying to think. Maybe like a Charlie McAvoy. That's a good one. And I think that he has that potential to stylistically compare with those guys. No, he's not going to be a number one defenseman right now. But what we've learned with Arbor Jacki is that he continues to level up. And I think if you look at a lot of prospects in the NHL, he, he really seems to have a higher, like, how do you explain it? His rate of growth far surpasses, I think, most prospects and most rookies in the league this year. Um, Because you look at where he was a year and a half ago. He mm-hmm. was the guy that made a name beating people up as a tryout entry at the Habs rookie <laughs> camp. He was. He was not a he was not known. He was not a prospect. He wasn't drafted in the OHL. He wasn't drafted into the NHL, but you know, we talked about him as a fun guy who we thought was going to be in the AHL this year. And in a couple of years we may see, and he's, then we, then he made the roster and we said, okay, yeah, you know, we'll probably see Jordan Harris and Gooley beat him off the team. And he's stuck around he's getting power play time now. And now we're talking about, and you know, back then we thought, oh, maybe he could be a bottom six guy for us, right? <laughs> now we're talking about him as, you know, he could be a top four, maybe a number four defenseman for us. I'm not going to say I think Arbor Jack guy is going to be a top pairing defenseman. What I am saying is I think you're a fool if you continue to bet against him. You know what I mean? I, because yeah. he continues to, it's not that his, he's meeting his potential it's that he's increasing it it seems 
with every passing day. He seems to soak in information and learn from experiences faster than most players. And it's exciting to see, to say the least. I don't think he's going like to be a 20. I don't think he's going to be a 20 goal scorer as a defenseman. I don't think he'll light the lamp every other night, or I don't even think it's a sure bet to say he'll get 40 points as a defenseman in the national hockey league. But I do think it's safe to say that Jack guy is going to be a guy who you can slot in on the power second power play and not be worried. I, I can like see that. that for him in his career. I'm just, I'm just rewatching it over and over. Um, he's easily one of the most com- confident guys on this roster. Um, you can see it in the past. He set, he tries to set up Slavkovsky with a beautiful one-timer uh, and it's not his fault. It's that there was just no opening, and Slavkovsky sends it back his way. He's got Leon Dreisaitl in front of him, along with four other guys screening, and he has the confidence and knows he can do it. I'm going to just put it on net. Instead, he plays with a a foot like a second. He just shifts his body, takes like maybe like two strides, if that, sees an opening and just fucking sends it. I, I, I don't know. I just, you said it really well. And I think it's the best you can say is that um, like he's leveling up, like he's he's met what people thought his standard was and he's increasing his potential because he has it and he's got the drive and he's just mentally miles ahead of a lot of guys. Absolutely. Look at. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no. I was just going to say you have got to jump on board with the Jack guy and. I, I don't see how you don't. I don't see how you dislike this guy. This is everything that the old heads scream they want back in hockey. And, Absolutely. and um, if you're if you're the new guy that the analytical guy, that might be tough for now. But fuck, dude. Like if you just watch his game, he's so fun. He's so smart out there. But yeah, go on. Well, I was just going to say um, the emergence of Jack guy, not only as like a NHL player, but as, no, sorry, not only as a prospect, but as an already established, I think, solid NHL player. I'm not saying there isn't work that could be done, and I'm not saying he should never go down to the AHL, but he's like earned a solid place, right? Yeah, he's making it. He's got to be he's like... Proven, he's proven that he is a capable at the very least replacement level player already at his young, mm-hmm. young age, raw, raw, ungroomed self. The emergence of that to an already just like a unbelievable amount of riches that the Habs have <laughs> at the, mm-hmm. you know, at the blue line for their prospects, it, it starts to paint a picture of what, I think this Habs team could very well be in the future. And personally, I find it very, very exciting because I know a lot of Habs fans. And I think even myself recently, even like a month, a couple months ago, maybe you kind of look at the team and we're still thinking, and I think a lot of people are for this draft. And I agree for this draft, we do need to hit big. We need to get a, a fucking superstar. I want to get a Bedard, a Fantili, a Mishkov, a Leo Carlson. I want one of those guys. 
But I think really the identity of this team in the next four years could very well be the blue line. Because right now you've got Caden Gooley, Jordan Harris, and Arbor Jack on your on your on your team. In the AHL, Justin Barron is there and he is, you know, thriving. I would say he's doing pretty well. He's a guy that Corey, I think we both thought was <laughs> probably had the best, if not second best, chance of being on the team this year, based Absolutely. on the way he played. He's a very like Justin Barron will be an NHL player. Absolutely. Do I even need to mention the fucking dynamo playing <laughs> for Boston Lane Hudson, who has won another player of the month award is shattering every, like he's on pace to shatter, be the best score, highest scoring freshman or defenseman ever. That's beating mm-hmm. Adam Fox. Kale McCarr, Luke Hughes, he is shattering the competition. 17 points in 14 games as a true freshman at five foot eight. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) And that's, he's not like us. Fuck, who else am I? You've also got Logan Mayu, who, you know, say what you want. Hey, he's been looking great. There's obviously holes in his game that, you know, need to be addressed. And I'm not one to say he's going to be the next, you know, fucking superstar or anything. But he's a player, right? He's a player. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's you can't ignore his potential. We also have Adam Engstrom in uh, Sweden, who's looking phenomenal. Jaden Struble out of Northeastern. Um, Miguel Tornoye, who looked phenomenal in the um, development camp. These are all players who could realistically have a shot at playing for the Habs, right? Mm-hmm. There is no way this team is going to be able to accommodate all those players. Some of them are going to be dealt kind of like what we saw with Colorado. They traded Justin Barron. They traded Sean Barron's. They traded um, – crap, who was, who was the other one? Uh, Drew Hallison. Players they traded because they're – oh, Connor Timmons as well on the blue yeah, line Timmy. to grow that offense. But, but they still have Kale McCarr who, you know, if everything goes to plan, that'll be our Lane Hudson. Lane Hudson can – no one's going to be McCarr, but Hudson's our guy. Mm-hmm. They've got Devon Taves who – I look at that blue line and I think Caden Gooley can very well be that guy. They've got Sam Gerard, Jordan Harris. They've got Josh Manson. I think Arbor Jack guy. And you look at uh, Eric Johnson's another, you know, solid player. They're, they're built from the blue line. Mm-hmm. And what I think is really interesting is that a team that we often talk about their offense and their forwards who score, they run three defensemen on their second power play when they're healthy. And I guess, <laughs> That's sick. Yes. And if you watch a lot of abs hockey, they're often like, it happens frequently. Taves and Makar will be on a two on one on the other, like against the opposition, mm-hmm. their defensemen activate seamlessly and the forwards expect it. And the defense are expected to activate given the, 
tendencies of our defensive prospects. Gooley loves to activate. Harris loves to activate. Jack has been starting to activate. We know Hudson's going to activate. Barron's another guy who activates into the play. That's five guys. Maybe if you take Jack Eye off, you've got four. I can honestly see a future where the Habs are doing the same thing. Second power play, you've got, you know, Caden Gooley, uh, Jordan Harris, and Justin Barron, or a Jack Eye cycling to, you know, two other forwards. And then you've got Hudson on your top unit. And I can see a, a very similar kind of, I don't think the parallels are exactly aligned. I don't think it's a true, you know, this ex- true comparison. I think it, it does make sense though. And I can see kind of the similarities. Mm-hmm. And as a Haz fan, I think this bodes very well for our future. Because uh, you watch the Avs play hockey now. They're literally, they're an AHL team right now. Miko Rantanen's their top line center. Everyone on that team's injured. What when they're healthy, there's no other team like them. I think they've done the rebuild perfectly, and I think they're going to win another cup at the minimum with that core they've established. So the fact that I Montreal is on a similar trajectory and hopefully about to be inserted with that fucking Nathan McKinnon, Kale McCarr type superstar in the draft, mm-hmm. like in the next two or three years, I think we could see a, some really interesting hockey where you know, Habs are playing almost positionless with their defensemen rushing into the play and, you know, carrying it on the power play and doing great things. So I don't think the um, almost like the lack of forward um, superstars, you know, like we don't have those superstar players yet. And we may not even have depth at the, that you really need at the forward position. I almost think it won't matter as much simply due to the fact that our blue line is just going to be so deep and so talented. Well, I'm glad you, I'm glad we're still on that, but uh, just goes to show we've, we've already kind of talked about the Canucks game, but uh, our three youngsters, Harris, Gooley and uh, Jack, I all primary assists in, uh, in the Canucks game uh, with Harris having two of them, but uh, I mean, it goes to show. I'm I'm looking at the old, the old roster right now uh, with, with like PK and uh, Markov with the year we had Gonchar and shit like that, and Jeff Petrie's first year. Um, I can't believe you just you just mentioned Sergey Gonchar <laughs> as a have. That's funny. It's such a wild uh, a wild little bit of time, um, but no, that was such a fun. I mean, we we got fucked over in the in the playoffs, but um, I'm I'm happy we're getting back to an offensive uh, defense that's gonna run it, so to speak. Um, sorry if I made you laugh, uh, but that's where my mind goes when when I think of like how strong this defense is gonna become and how just nasty they could be. Uh, is is bringing me back to like, you know, your favorite fucking defenseman's era. So, the Markov days. Yeah, I really no, wish we could get him as like a defensive coordinator. To be unreal. I know you're gonna want to 
uh, talk about it. So before we wrap things up, do you want to talk about uh, the Seattle game? Bucky's? Yeah. <laughs> Get back uh, on Bucky's. Uh, no, I was on vacation, but I did. Um, I did. I was trying to keep up with like Matt Drake um, on Twitter, who was filling me in as much as he could. Um, crazy game. Uh, of course. Um, of course. Shane Wright scores. <laughs> of um, course. And you know what? I didn't even know I, they activated him for that game. I have been lost in the the Shane Wright. I feel like just because it's been a week. Um, I had no real material. I didn't know the AHL or, or yeah, the AHL thing had been over. Like he played as many games as he could. Now they're in the limbo with him once again, but yeah, activate him. Uh, first NHL goal. Good for him. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's been a fun team. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the guys it's actually funny. Uh, I don't, um, I don't do a lot of like same day betting. But mm-hmm. uh, one of my buddies, hammered it. <laughs> we were talking about, um, you know, just like the safest bets you can make, right? Right. And if I if I bet more, if I bet it frequently, I would bet any amount of money that Shane Wright was going to score in that game. I think we all knew it was going to happen. And wasn't DraftKings, so I can say that much. But one of the, the uh, one of the betting sites, he w- went to a book um, to bet that Shane Wright would score his first goal. And I think clearly this site keeps up with hockey. They they didn't have it on there because everyone, <laughs> you know, damn well, every single person knew Shane Wright was going to score his first fucking goal that night. Mm-hmm. That's just the way that the hockey gods work. And you know what? Good for him. He got his little revenge. Um, I'm sure it's good for self-confidence. Slaff. Did not want to be outdone, got an assist, and you could tell he was skating like a fucking workhorse, doing his best. He, I, you know, he hated that. He yeah. wanted to score so badly, mm-hmm. but the outcome still ended up good. The Habs, but won. that that's great for the league. That no, oh, it's phenomenal. Like I don't see those two getting to you know uh, Ovi and Crosby level of play i think there's still gonna be stuff there though no no no. i think yeah i i think that that's what i'm getting to i don't think that they're gonna reach that caliber of player but i think that rivalry that we grew to love growing up of i have to one-up that person i had like they're gonna be the butting heads shane Wright has the grudge i don't think we'll see it very much because seattle is on the yeah it's not the same it's not the same market yeah but what? I just feel like when those two play, those are going to be games. Those are must-watch games. Oh, absolutely. Like, if I had the opportunity to watch this game in Dallas, I would have. Um, I just I just think that Maddie that's Beniers, what we're going to say. Maddie Beniers. Uh, so good. This is his rookie, his first, like, his full season, right? So he's still They're gonna be caliber. He's probably going to get it. That team is going to be set down the middle for years. Yeah, years to come. It's gonna be disgusting. It's gonna be like I don't want to say Crosby Malkin type, but oh my god, definitely like Jack Hughes Nico Heischer type stuff. They're mm-hmm. they're gonna be set. Great, great comparison. And it's gonna be interesting to see too. Like, like another team, 
uh, in the same division, the Anaheim Ducks, Trevor Zegers and Mason McTavish. Like that's going to be a fucking game to watch for a, at least a decade. It's going to be awesome. No, I think you're right. Um, I'm just happy, like, you know, of, of everything that could have happened with, like, the Shane Wright and Slavkowski thing, I'm just happy that they're giving us exciting games and they're making when the Kraken come or when we when we go to Seattle it, just fantastic games. I, I hope that's what this is building because you're not lying. You watch the highlights. Slavkowski was a fucking workhorse. Just told you. I have to do it. I have like first goal of the night for the crack and to tie it up is it's fucking Shane Wright. Who's who's if you watch it, he's waiting. He's right on the side, you know, right in the front of the net, just waiting for an opportunity. That fucking lit a fire in Slavkowski, who I felt was already playing heavy um, watching it. I think now this is like that is always going to be a, a circled game for him. Oh, absolutely. And it was for both of them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was for different reasons too, but yeah. Um, anyway, we've, we've gone on for a decent amount of we time. We did it. Here. We've done it. To... Let's, uh, let's talk about Bucky's. Let's, let's break down. Oh, I've had four flavors of Bucky nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then without further ado, that'll be it today. Thank you guys for, uh, hanging out with us. We appreciate for the, uh, Sorry, we apologize for the schedule. It'll get better after um next week. My uh, final exams, like the 16th. So then uh, I'll be off school for three weeks. So we'll have a lot more content out for you guys, more regular. And then the semester will just be starting. So we'll be good to go. We'll be back on the grind. And uh, anyway, yeah, I really appreciate you guys. You can follow us on Twitter at Habsnightly at Bayou Benders. And I uh, appreciate you guys coming out. See you guys Hope next you guys week. have a happy holiday. I'm sure we'll be back before Christmas. <laughs> Why not say thank y'all? You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.